0: Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. Today we look back on Colin Morikawa's second PGA Tour win, preview a huge week at the Memorial Tournament and hear from 2016 Ryder Cupper Andy Sullivan. Hi, I'm Nick Doherty, and you're listening to the Golf Monthly Clubhouse podcast. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, brought to you by our friends at Titleist, the number one ball in golf. For more, visit Titleist.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. My name's Tom Clark, and this week I'm joined by Elliot Heath. Hi, Elliot. Hi, Tom. And by a resurgent Nick Bonfield.
1: Resurgent? In what way?
0: Well, Aston Villa won, didn't they?
1: Oh, yeah. So we're now four points off safety with three games to go. Yes, whoop-de-doo. You know, I haven't said that I am. Um mildly optimistic actually purely because of the fact that West Ham and Watford both have to play each other and their remaining two fixtures after that are both tough as well so feasibly one of those teams could kind of get one point off their last three games and if they do that provided Bournemouth go away and we win two of our last three which admittedly is a big stretch then we still have a chance but we need to beat Everton on Thursday. Nah, no, I watched you against United last week and the players have given up,
2: they know it's over.
1: We actually created a lot of chances in the first 20-25 minutes of that game. We're just not very good at football and we never take our chances. Um, We we play Everton on Thursday and Everton are on the beach at the moment, so you never know. Indeed. But as as we know, this isn't a football podcast, although it just appeared to turn into
0: one for five minutes. Uh, But Nick's obviously very excited about Aston Villa maybe staying
1: up, although they won't. Uh, Nick, do you play any golf? Uh, Funny enough, I yes, since the last podcast, I did I I returned to Woldingham, and I I predictably played poorly. However, I did play the last seven holes in two over, and had I combined that stretch with my first eleven holes the previous week, it would have been two over par. But obviously, golf doesn't work like that. Um, And I also played foot golf on on when was it Friday as well, which was was quite fun. Who did you play foot golf with? I went with my girlfriend and her flatmate and her flatmate's boyfriend. It was quite a fun little excursion, actually, quite enjoyed it. You went double dating at foot golf, yeah? We did, yeah, and we went all the way to Wembley to do it as well, so it was a bit of a trek, but it was a good afternoon. The sun was out, it was good fun. What, you played foot golf in Wembley Stadium? Uh, no, sadly not. Uh, a very run-down piece of land near a farm in Wembley. Not quite <laughs> Wembley Stadium.
0: <laughs> Sounds really, really romantic. Um yeah. Brilliant. Did you win football?
1: Funnily enough, I actually tied with my girlfriend's flatmate's boyfriend. And interestingly enough, his claim to fame was that he's actually on football manager because he used to play for Hereford Town Reserves. <laughs> <laughs> wow, there you go. I mean, he, t- he told me that within about three seconds of meeting him.
0: Oh, the, the as I do with regards
1: on football, Manager did to be fair. I mean,
0: he can't beat you a foot golf, and no wonder he didn't make it as a pro. I, <laughs> so, um, sure I did tell life
1: him life. that. I did tell him that shortly after we finished on the eighteenth. Actually, yeah,
0: I bet. I bet. Uh, Elliot, did you play any actual golf? Yeah, I played at the
2: weekend, and I've got positive news to report. I shot my handicap for the first time since golf courses reopened. Ah, well done! Congrats. Yeah. I uh, nearly bottled it on the back nine, but birdie's the last to shoot handicap. Any highlights? Uh, I had two birdies. That was good. And we won our doubles match. So, yeah. And I had three beers after. Happy days. It, it was gorgeous weather. So, yeah. Good weekend. And then I, I got home just in time to watch the North Under derby. And, yeah. Ooh, then your weekend yeah, well. took a turn for the worse. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I did not play any golf, but I did play my first cricket match of the season on Saturday, which was uh, brilliant. Which meant on Sunday, I couldn't move a muscle because I was so sore. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. unfit. But uh, yeah, did a right. Played uh, just a, an inter club friendly, got off the season, 47 not out. Happy nice. Day. Yeah. Did nice. It. Um, I uh,
2: actually watched a bit of cricket the other day because I noticed it was on Freeview TV. So there were some highlights on.
3: BBC, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean,
0: we that's quite entertaining. Did you know what? That's actually brought brought us around before we crack on with everything else in golf. But that I saw a stat the other day that um, there was a Premier League match shown on BBC. I can't remember who it was between now. It might have been Villa. When uh, and it was the most watched live Premier League match in history. Wow, mm-hmm. it's like Crystal Palace Villa or something like that. Or Crystal Palace Foot Brighton or something like that. But because it was on BBC and it was on, um, it was on obviously freeview. It was the most watched match ever, and it shows what golf's missing out on. I know it's something I w- often go on about, um, but yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. And also, the interesting thing is that you just suddenly started watching cricket, even though you don't understand anything about cricket because it's on terrestrial TV as well. Yeah, so, so I, I
2: have zero interest in cricket, and I watched about forty-five minutes of it. Boom.
1: Um, wow. There you test. go. There you uh, go. It, was, it was a good, exciting Test match. And Class with that 47 not out, I think you'll get called up to the England squad for the second Test on Thursday, given that that score is higher than any of the England team managed in the first innings. I, I think I was playing at slightly lower level than
0: Test <laughs> match. Um, so, um, uh, uh, yes. Well, and also, I don't think I'd want to because... Um,
1: yeah I, know. yeah, I wouldn't fancy facing that pace, the yeah. to be honest.
0: Well, I've I, I faced some quick bowling in, the, in my time, and I think that's, um, that time's passed now. I, I, <laughs> I might rather have um, some uh, enthusiastic youngsters bowling at me, trying to bowl quickly, uh, than uh, some really big, strong men. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Can't argue uh, with that. Exactly. Any golf this week, for either of you, in the diary?
1: Uh, Friday. Yeah.
0: yeah, we're all playing Friday. Oh, yeah, we are, not we? i uh, am I playing? Yeah, I am, am I? But the, and oh, I've about that. I've got
1: yeah, St. Hill, I think it's a course where it's kind of a very, it's not a par three course, it's a very short course with a lot of kind of drivable or short par fours, I think. But I'm not sure many of them are drivable. I think it's one of those golf courses where if you can hit a four iron straight, you're probably going to do okay. But unfortunately, me and you can't do that, Tom, so we might struggle. Yeah, what what if you snap
0: hook a four iron? Does,
2: you're in way? trouble,
1: I would think. It yeah, so, yeah. should, uh, should uh, be made for got...
2: early at this course. Yeah, it's got 14 par threes, I think, and uh, it's got new ownership, which is taking it in a good direction. And it was a host on the Clutch Pro Tour last week as well. So,
0: Mm. yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I'd completely forgotten, I've been so snowed under with stuff, I'd actually forgotten we were playing it. So, uh, oh, that's good. So, I wonder if I'll finish (laughs) last, but um, we'll wait and see. Uh, oh, great stuff. So, well, everyone can find out how we do on Netflix podcast. And maybe I'll turn my form around and claim victory. Unlikely. Um, anyway, let's look and look back on what was a fantastic weekend for Colin Morikawa, who uh, won his second PJ Tour title at the Workday Charity Open. He beat Justin Thomas in a playoff. Uh, Thomas bogeyed the third playoff hole after dropping two shots in the final three holes of, of uh, regulation play. Morikawa has now had more wins than missed cuts on the PJ Tour in his 30 months as a professional. The 23-year-old moves up to 13th in the world. Victor Hovland, you can, you can understand that Elliot's written this because Victor Hovland's mentioned straight away. Victor Hovland was third and he's up to 33rd in the world now. He's the only man to have made all five cuts since the PJ Tour restarted and has not shot over par in any of the 20 rounds. Uh, and it says here there's a stat. So we've heard the stat that Morikawa now has more wins than missed cuts Tiger Woods had more wins than missed cuts for 15 years, and he had 43 PJ tour wins before missing his second cut. Is that right? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. I had double when I, I read that. So hang on, let me just read that again. It's astonishing he had more that more wins than missed cuts for 15 years, and he had four, so he had forty three PJ tour wins before he missed his second cut.
1: When you consider that even the top players kind of miss what three cuts on average, three to five cuts a season, something like that, that's just absolutely bonkers. That's an
0: outrageous stat. We've picked up Colin Morikawa there, but actually, what you're saying is he's he's got a long way to go to to catch up with Tiger.
2: Well what it shows is that we shouldn't really compare anyone to Tiger Woods because he is the goat.
0: Well, that that's very true. But let's let, let us. Talk about Colin Moikawa before we start talking about Tiger Woods, because I'm sure we're going to come on to Tiger Woods later because he's teeing it up this week. So Cower, he was leading almost every round, wasn't he? He's very, very impressive. Uh, saw off, you know, one of the world's best golfers in Justin Thomas as well. He's on the cusp of getting into the world's top 10. We've got three majors still to play this year. Should he now be in that bracket of potential major winners for this year?
1: I mean, I think so when he combined his obvious skill set with his temperament. I mean, the fact he was able to hold that 25 footer on the first playoff hole after Thomas had drained a 50 footer and then given it a big come on across the green just reveals so much about his character. It was quite funny on the 72nd hole when he did his best to miss that part, didn't he, to get into the playoff? And he, it evoked memories of a few weeks ago at the uh, Charles Schwab challenge where he missed about two footer in the playoff to lose to Daniel Berger. But he's just a hugely impressive player, to Green, isn't he? I think he leads the PGA Tour in in strokes gained, approach to green at the moment. And obviously that is a skill that's going to be very handy in the upcoming majors. So I will certainly be looking at his odds ahead of all three of those. Um, and no, it wouldn't shock me at all to see him competing or to see him standing there in a final group on a Sunday because I think he's that good. And it's easy to forget he's only been a professional for, what, 13 months? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit mad. And actually, when you just mentioned that he actually just missed out on
0: the playoff on winning a couple of weeks before, it actually hmm. shows he's playing stupidly good isn't he at the moment and actually he's he seems to be competing every time he tees it up Elliot what do you think do you think you're, we're gonna be sitting a lot more of this guy yeah he's
2: an absolute ball striking machine he is a little bit dodgy on the green so I think he's down at like 150th on the PGA Tour so obviously he's got plenty of time in his career to sort that out but for him to start winning majors he, he probably needs to putt a little bit better but yeah it, it was a great win I uh I felt a bit for Justin Thomas. He started with a couple of bogeys whilst he had the lead. Then he poked two of the last three holes. Then he made that fifty footer. Looked like he won there, but uh, yeah, it was a really good
1: final round. You have to be deflated, don't you, after something like that happens to you. Um, and he obviously got very unlucky on the third hole. with his Obviously, his drive was wayward, but it did settle right behind a tiny tree, which I thought was quite unfortunate. Yeah. And he seemed to hit a really good putt as well on that green that just lipped out. But he's looking really good at the moment. I think his putting stroke is looking as good as I've ever seen it and obviously a very competent player all round. So he's another one who I will go out on a limb and say he will win one of the remaining three majors this season. I think that's probably quite
0: a good shout. I mean, I, I can't see him not competing and being right up there on a su- at least one Sunday. Uh, and, you know, talking of majors, the majors are going to be with us very soon. The PJ Championship is about three weeks away, something like that.
1: Um, yes, uh, early August, isn't it? Yeah, I think maybe yeah, the 6th so, six, six, or the 9th, I think. Yeah,
0: so, you know, there's someone is going to win a major in, in the near future without, without a doubt. And maybe let's uh, mention also someone else who's who's been very impressive because Elliot wants to talk about him, that's Victor Hovland. As mentioned in in the stats at the start, he's now played in every single uh, event since restart and he's made the cut and actually he's done more than that. I think he's finished top 25 in each event as well. So he's playing really well, but he hasn't got over the line. Now, obviously they're playing at the same course
1: as they were last week, this week. Is this going to be the week where he wins? Well, I think he's, has he not led the PGA Tour in strokes gained tee to green in each of the last three weeks? Which is just astonishingly good, given how many good ball strikers are on tour at the moment. I um, think he just has a good putting week. His ball striking at this point is almost a given, so if he has a good putting week, then again, one of those people that you can easily see getting the job done. Having said that, there are probably about 50 of those people at the moment, so you never want to guarantee anything, do you? Yeah, he kind of got left behind a little bit by Thomas and Morikawa, but... You know,
2: I think that was his first ever final group on the PJ Tour. So it's going to be a great experience for him, isn't
0: it? Yeah, absolutely. And he's got a, now with the Ryder Cup obviously being suspended following the news last week. Uh, he's not going to make the Ryder Cup team this year, but he's going to have another, you know, few months. Well, 12
1: extra months to get into the team for next year, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. You, you've got to think he's odds-on favourite to make the team at this point, especially with it coming a year later and a lot of our established players sort of on the wrong side of 40. You've got to think that opens up more opportunities for some of the younger guys. Yeah, future European Ryder Cup legend, Victor Lind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you love
2: saying that, don't you? I said it before he turned pro. Yeah,
0: did you? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to go back and check that I think I think it's very, very much around the time we turn pro though So uh, fair play um, And we'll talk more about the PJ Tour a little bit later on But there was another uh, pro event at the weekend And the European Tour is back Not with a huge glitz and glamour event Let's face it But it's back nonetheless And it was the Austrian Open And a familiar name won it Mark Warren won his fourth European Tour title In his first in six years he buried two of the final four holes to beat Germany's Marcel Schneider by one. The Scot carried his own bag all week after his caddy failed a COVID nineteen test. He moves up an incredible nine hundred spots on the world rankings to three hundred and thirty first. And the European tour remains in Austria this week for the UAM Bank Open. Good to see Mark Warren in the winner's circle again, I think. Yeah, six years is an awful long time. Uh yeah, I kind of
2: forgot about him, to be honest with you, but good on him four wins now so yeah brilliant to see finish it off really well as well with a couple of birdies in the last four holes there was a spaniard who looked like he was going to uh, chase him but i think he double bogeyed the last hole so that was probably quite helpful for warren
1: Yeah, I'm really, really happy to see Warren win. I remember watching him quite closely at the, I think it was the 2014 Open, because I'd put some money on him as an outside bet. And he looked really, really good. I thought he was a really solid player. So quite surprising to see him have the fall that he's had down the world rankings. And and hopefully this kind of kickstarts the second part of his career, because he's a good golfer. And good to see another Scottish victory on the European tour too. I think it's been a a little while since that happened. What was the last one? Stephen Gallagher in India last year, possibly. So uh, yeah, good to, good to see another Scott's name in the winner's circle. Did you see yeah. who was the thirty-six hole leader? Uh, who was that? Uh, Miguel Angel Jimenez, who I picked on the podcast. Although, where did he finish again, Elliot? After <laughs> a final round seventy-seven. <laughs> no, he shot 77 in the third round, I think. Oh, yeah, okay. he was
2: looking good after two days.
0: Yeah, Elliot, Elliot was getting slightly excited yeah. when he uh, was leading after the two rounds. I mean, Mark Warren's victory. I mean, Mark Warren, obviously, first probably his best, his, his, his greatest achievement is obviously winning the World Cup with Colin Montgomery. I think that was back in 2007. And um, people always remember him a little bit for that. So obviously, he's one of these guys who's dropped down the world rankings, and it's it shows how important this event was for him and it shows how important these these events are that the European tour have managed to get on because actually they're going to change these people's they've actually changed their people's lives they can change their careers round you know I know Mark Warren's been around for a bit but he's actually suddenly got exemptions I'm sure got you know gone up the world ranks by 900 places I mean that's ridiculous Um, I know he's still outside the world's top 300 but this is going to give him you know some good opportunities so you know, I know we, we have been a little bit negative about, you know, tiny prize pools, in comparison to the PGA Tour and field not being overly strong. But they really, really are
1: important to these professional golfers, aren't they? Well, he can set his schedule now for two years, right? Two-year exemption, you know. That must be so hard when you're kind of teetering between the European and Challenge Tours, not knowing which events you're going to play, getting caught up to play playing events at the last minute and not really getting your preparation spot on. So now he's able to set his own schedule and also just takes the pressure off because he can play poorly for the next 12 months he still has european tour status so that's the kind of thing that will propel you to good form knowing that even if you play badly you still have a job um so it's huge for these guys as you say it's not always all about the money uh, it's about the status that comes with a european tour victory yeah we do say about the money is quite small isn't it but
2: 85 grand is what he won and you know that's still a lot of money isn't it and this was a glorified challenge
1: tour event
0: yeah, well yeah. without doubt. I mean they obviously they up they upgraded it because they saw the opportunity to do so with the air bridges that have suddenly come in between UK and Austria. They knew that people could play in these events and still get back for the UK series, which starts next week. So actually, I think they they leapt at that opportunity, didn't they? And I think fair play to them for doing so, actually. I think they want to get the game going, they want to get these these tournaments on so um they they're doing that so well done to them uh there was another event as well last week uh, it was the next event in the rose ladies series and Gemma dryberg would you believe it she did it again uh she's moved to the top of the order of merit after winning for the second week in a row she beat charlie hull and georgia hall by one at royal st georges the series heads to jcb golf club this week but that was obviously the first women's pro event to be held at Royal St George's so I think it was a, a historic moment and we said about Scots winning it was another you know Germans obviously a Scot as well so um, it was great to you know they, they really enjoy the challenge of playing at St George's and I think they loved being able to to play a proper pro event there
2: Yeah it was brilliant it, it seemed like a real ding-dong battle because uh, Hull, Hall, and Driver were all playing in the uh, the same group together they were all I think, level at one under par after 15 holes. So it was quite tense, I would imagine. And then hole went, I think, too clear with two two to play and finished bogey-bogey. So, yeah, we're actually going to see this on Sky Sports on Wednesday. So there were were some camera people there. so, So that's really positive. And, yeah, JCB Golf Club this week. It's a new one. Very exclusive course up near Stoke, I think. So, yeah, really looking forward to seeing what that looks like.
1: And as you say, Tom, the precedent has now been set for ladies' professional events. So hopefully, that will be the catalyst for more going forward. Yeah, I
0: mean, I'm actually. I think Elliot's just said it as well. I'm really looking forward to seeing the highlights on this. It's great the Sky managed to get some cameras there. Firstly, we've been we've been banging on about that. It's been it's been disappointing that we haven't been able to watch any of this because it's you know it's decent and it's you know it's a nice format. You know that one day tournament. You know everything on the line. Uh, people know they've got to play well and. The thing I'm really looking forward to seeing is seeing some golf on the Lynx, which we haven't seen for a while. It's, you know, Open Week should have been this week, you know, coming up. It's been nearly a year since Shane Lowry won at Portrush. So um, I need my, my Lynx golf fix. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing some of the highlights when, when they're out. And hopefully they'll be able to do that for some of the other tournaments as well.
2: Yeah, I think we've also got highlights of the Austrian Open as well on Sky, perhaps Wednesday as well, because that wasn't shown live either
0: no no it's great and golf continues you know to to flourish i think during these times you know there's a lot of golf out there I thought it was a bit of a shame that the PJ tour event got brought forward because of slightly dodgy web i think wasn't it
1: um so well, seems- i hadn't realized this this had happened and i was uh, sort of coming back from from somewhere and yeah unfortunately wasn't able it would, i'd settled in to watch it and it had already finished so i was um sort of re- resigned to highlights unfortunately
0: yeah, that is obviously annoying, but they do obviously try and do their best to get the events finished um, in time. Um, but uh, no, let's let's hope we have a, a good good weekend of weather for wherever they're playing golf this weekend ahead. Um, now, we're going to uh, hear from a three-time European Tour winner in the form of Andy Sullivan. He caught up with Jeremy Elwood from Golf Monthly at the recent Warplestone charity Pro-Am. So check out what Andy Sullivan's been up to.
4: I think in terms of the tour schedule, I think it's great that we've got them them six events in the UK. I think that's a a real positive and if we can keep them going forward, you know, I think that'll add, you know, only add to the schedule personally, you know, six events in the UK, fantastic crowds, you guaranteed. They always come in their droves to watch um golf in the UK. Um, yeah, if we can keep them going for next year that'll be amazing. Playing them all? I will be, yeah. I am um funnily enough I'm itching to play golf, which is something that um you know, it's not normally comes out of my no, mouth. No. <laughs> We've got it on
3: record now. So uh, let's, I've just got a few little, uh, a couple of instruction things here. Finish position. Do you have a picture in your mind or a feeling of what you're trying to achieve? Why is it so
4: important, finish position? Um, you know, it's weird because I think a finish, a finish position is always important because, you know, it's complete in the golf swing and, you know, it's a sign of commitment. You know, a lot of people that doesn't finish a golf swing and it's sort of lazy and behind it, it's... Uh, you know, it's not committed. So I always have the feeling that I've just fully rotated and held it off in my, you know, Arnold Palmer sort of finish yeah. way. That's how I always envisage myself of finishing. Um But yeah, I think I think everyone's got a, a thing in their mind, whether it looks like that or not. I'm pretty confident mine doesn't look like Arnold I Palmer. Had you
3: down as Arnie, but if that's in your
4: mind. Yeah. No. Well, I'm going for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Secret to great bunker play. For being a great bunker, um, I always say this, and um, I've done this in a few Golf Monthly things. Uh, the two, yeah, in the line, the line for me, that line a couple of inches behind the ball. Um, you don't even need the ball there. You just got to commit to hitting that line and getting that entry point on that line is for me so important. That when that comes, uh, when you get that consistently well, you know you can play bunker shots however you want. So that would okay. be my most important. What's your best putting drill? Best putting drill. I really enjoy, um, we have a, an eight to 15 foot putting drill and basically you can't go away until you've hold five or more. So yeah, that would be mine. So until you do that, you go eight to 15 feet around. And I think I think if you hold five, I think it's above PJ Tour average. That's why it was always five, okay. so from hold them the distance. Time, uh, hold all five straight Of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, one tip for bigger drives. Oh. Be tall and strong, don't be short and fat like Andy Sullivan. <laughs> yeah, but if you can't do anything about that, um you know, for me it's just it's just a big rotate, a big, a big turn on the back screen, trying to keep your, you know, legs as still as possible. I think when you ask someone to rotate, they try and get their legs involved too much. Um if you think of it like a spring, you know, when you push a spring down the bottom half is always close together, isn't it? So you want this to be as tight as possible and just to coil up so. Yeah, big turn, keep your shirt, keep your knees and your uh, hips still. Or grow, grow a foot. Or grow a foot, yeah, either or, whatever yeah. you want to do. Okay, a few other
3: little bits. Lynx golf, are you a fan or not?
4: Yeah, I am a fan, big fan. Um, I enjoy Lynx golf. I wouldn't say I've always played my best at Lynx golf, um, but I do enjoy it. I think the creativity that comes with it, different shots you've got to hit. You know, you play parkland, and on a day like today, it's um, you, you are just pretty much going dead aim at everything. Where Lynx golf, there's a lot more to it. You can use the contours or the links, and uh, the wind obviously plays a big factor in pot bunkers, so you have got to be creative. Yeah, and you're probably in a part of the country where you're as far from the sea as you can possibly get. Exactly, that's why my links record's not very good. (laughs) Fair
3: enough. Okay, putters. Um, Stick with what you know or change after every
4: bad putting round. Uh, You know, I don't think there's ever such a thing as a bad putter you know I don't think the putter's to blame for someone's bad putting I think if you're going to address something you need to address it with yourself I don't think the putter's making you a bad putter so um yeah I would stick with it okay uh, how important is social you when you're not out on tour um I mean for me very important for my uh for my fiance she probably hates it because right. I'm never at home um but um you know I I love it I love having a You know, a good laugh with the lads and coming back and, you know, going into the bar afterwards and having a crack about it. um, You know, that is probably, you know, as a general golfing public, I think that's what they enjoy most is the socialising of the golf.
3: You're strapped
4: at nine. I am indeed, yeah. Pretty
3: easy walk then, isn't it?
4: Not very, very, very. It's very flat, which is perfect. You can get round in two and a half hours, you know, so you tee off at nine, bars open at 11, perfect time.
3: OK, Now I'm sure you've never had any of these, but what is your most memorable caddy player disagreement? <sighs> in
4: commas. Um, when Shawnee Mack was caddy player, Shaun McDonough, we was playing Scottish Open and... Um, Funnily enough, I, I lost the head a little bit, only a little bit, just a little bit. And um, we were doing, we were doing quite well. We we're still in the event, but I've just got, I've just, I think I bogeyed a par five. Par, I might even par the par five, but I was add like a six iron into it and I parred it. So the head's rolling a little bit, you know, doing all this. And um, I've just said, oh, I've done, can't be asked now. And Maka goes, well, if you're done, then I'm putting the bag down, put the bag down, and started walking off. And I just, it was, it was just hilarious. I mean, it wasn't so much of a disagreement, but just hilarious. I was like, well, well, let's go then. If we don't want to be here, let's go. But um. Did that do yeah. the trick? Well, I said I'd carry on. He got the bag back on his shoulders and we carried on. I'm not sure we did it in the right manner, but yeah.
3: Right. right. okay. Oh well, you're gonna I know you're gonna say. So Favourite golf course in your home county.
4: Favourite golf course in my home county. Um, you know, do love Stratford. Stratford is fantastic, but um I'm actually gonna go with Oh, it's not in my home county, to be fair. But it's close, can I say it? It's in the Midlands. <laughs> One of my well, well, favourite that I haven't played in ages that I actually thought about the other day is Bow Desert. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love it. And someone mentioned it the other day, and you just forget how good that place is. I absolutely love that place. I think yeah. it's a it's a tough golf course. Well, you've got to play around there, you know. Yeah. So, uh so but, once, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I really enjoy you can last
3: it. last over all that cross trouble on the last oh, can't, you? can't you? Yes, you can, Yeah. <laughs> Lesser mortals have to factor that in a bit more. Okay, away from the tour, do you always, sometimes, or never play
4: for money? Am I allowed to? I'm allowed to play for money all the time, aren't I? Yeah, I can play. Yeah, all the time. All the time, yeah. I love it. I mean, this is, this is. you're going to love it. Fred, one of my best friends who also is a pro, I love taking his money. Okay. Substantial sums or modest sums? No, modest sums. But it's just, you know, even if it's just a five or a ten I just enjoy, you know, taking it and just picking his pocket. I've even asked the European Tour if I can add the points on because I'm taking that much off him. Can I just add it to my race to the like the Fred Fund, I call it? Of career money. Yeah.
3: <laughs> okay. Uh, what other sports uh, were you best at as a kid?
4: Um, I was a bit of an all rounder. I, I, I was all right. I think I was, I was decent at tennis. I'd say I was all right at football. Um, quite enjoyed cricket, you know, cricket for the county. Did, um Yeah. Junior level. Yeah, yeah, junior level, yeah. But yeah, I, all sports really, I was decent at, and our coordination stuff. You know, I'd hold my own, I think. Hope so, anyway. Yeah, I
3: think there's a few out there, isn't there, that are decent at something <laughs> else.
4: Um, lowest round on tour and away from the tour. Lowest round on tour. Uh... Surprised me how
3: few people are able to remember
4: this Yeah. Sport. I think I shot 62 at Morocco one year, which is, I think, nine. I've had a couple of nines, I think, actually. Shot nine at I know I shot nine at Dubai as well. Uh not DP World Desert Classic. Yeah. yeah. But I think sixty-two would have been my lowest in Morocco. And yeah. Away from the tour? Uh I've actually had um a couple of 59s. Um yeah. It, well, one at Rugby Golf Course and one at Nunners. Really? Mm.
3: And what sort of yards are you talking about in those Oh, Oh six
4: six five, yeah, six five, six four. Just perfect for me, you know what I mean? Just short. <laughs>
3: Uh, how, well, we talked a little bit. how do you
4: keep fit for tour build? Um I've actually been just doing a bit. To be fair, um, you Are know you? my missus. Yeah, I've been doing a bit of running, but my missus has been doing these um, Courtney Black workouts. I've been started doing them with her, and it sounds like something that I shouldn't be really doing. But it's it has actually been really good. They're like little forty-five minute hits, and uh, yeah, I've been doing them with her in the morning. It's been quite good. Okay, a couple to go. Do Tor close hit it too far? Can you ever hit it too far? I think we're
3: taking it in a more sort of general uh, golf courses, obviously, Um, kind of way.
4: Do you know? Yeah, maybe, maybe, but I don't. Again, I think yes, maybe we do hit it too far. But on the other hand, is there's ways to combat that. Do you know what I mean? I again today, you know, if you if you drive it really well and long in the fairway, you're going to score well. But you know, if you're not quite on the driver and you're a little bit offline, you're not going to score well around here today. So. You know, there's ways of combating long yeah. driving is just by tightening things up a little bit. You don't
3: get much heather out on tour, do you? Really? No, no. Well, when we or do, three,
4: maybe? yeah. Well, it'd be interesting when we do go back actually, because obviously the crowds won't yeah. be there, so the roof that yeah. normally uh, well, gets a little run. trampled down, it will be up. So it'll be interesting oh, yeah. to see, you know, how that factors in.
3: Yeah. Um, and finally, best and worst things about being a tour.
4: Obviously, best thing is, we, you know, we're living the life we always wanted to live. I think everyone that's on tour had the dream of, of being on tour and playing on tour when there's a young boy. And, uh, you know, that's definitely what I dreamt of as a kid. Um, worst thing is, obviously, having a family now is being, being away from the kids and, and the family for such long periods. But, um, you know, you make sacrifices to have this wonderful life we have. So
3: how's it been being at home with the family for three months? you know, now itching to stop travelling the world again. Yeah. You know what? It was
4: amazing. It's amazing being home with the kids and enjoying it. The homeschooling, you know, for me, teachers do not get paid enough for me. Um, what I have realised is I am incapable of teaching my daughter and my son how to do their homework because it is an absolute nightmare. And, you know, teachers, I salute you because it is it is an absolutely tireless job they do, bless them, but... Um, yeah, that would be uh, one thing from lockdown I I won't, will not miss. Good stuff. Right, <laughs> thank you very much, Andy. No problem, pleasure.
0: OK, there we go. Um, Andy Sullivan talking to Jeremy Elwood there. Good to hear that Andy will be at the UK Swing events starting next week.
2: Yeah, good to hear from Sully. He's uh, definitely one of the funniest characters on the European tour, I'd say. Uh, we've done quite a lot of stuff with him over the last few years. I was looking up, he's... A three-time European Tour winner, but they all came in 2015, so he's actually on quite a long drought now. Uh, He's outside the world's top 100s, obviously a class golfer, played on the Ryder Cup team, so yeah, he'll be looking to get maybe a win under his belt in the next five or six weeks.
1: Yeah, he he had an amazing 2015, didn't he? Yeah, didn't he beat Charles Schwartz in a playoff in South Africa and then win the Portugal Open by a number of shots, didn't he, to round out a sensational year, and Acquitted himself fairly well in the Ryder Cup on debut. I thought that was never going to be easy for him. Um, I mean, he actually, quite...
0: you remember he actually led out the team in the first match. Mm. With Roy.
1: Mm.
0: Incredible! Uh, you know, can you can you imagine? You know, actually looking looking back on that, yeah, you were on the first tier, of the Ryder Cup with Rory McIlroy in in America playing <laughs> the Ryder Cup. That's an amazing achievement, isn't it? Really. Yeah,
1: it was it was a, a t- you know a tough debut, wasn't it? Away in America, and yeah. The likes of Chris Wood, I think, and Matt Fitzpatrick making their Davies as well. So it was always going to be a struggle for Europe. But, yeah, no, what an experience for him. I love
2: how he said there as well, just casually, how he's had a couple of 59s, just, um, <laughs> you know, and I think Rugby Golf Club, just absolutely unbelievable. Yeah,
0: yeah. Hell of a golfer, hell of a golfer. Well, let's look ahead to this weekend now. And, well, the PJ Tour are still at Muirfield Village. They should all be settled in now, um, playing at the same... Course, of course, and venue as last week's event for the Memorial Tournament. Changes this week do include, though, different pin positions, tee boxes, rough length, and green speeds. There's also a much stronger field this week, including the world's top five plus. Tiger Woods makes his first start in five months. Woods has won at Muirfield Village as well on just the five occasions. The 15 time major winner plays with Roy McWhite and Brooks Kepka for the first two rounds. Patrick Cantley is the defending champion this week and also Roy McIlwain will be defending his world number one spot as Ram, Thomas, DJ and Webb Simpson could all overtake
1: him. So, guys, who's going to do well this week? Can I just say first, what an achievement that would be for Webb Simpson in this era of power hitting. I mean, just the fact that he has a chance to get to world number one, I really don't feel he gets the credit he deserves. He's a real, real talent, and I really want to see him get there because he's supposed to be a lovely guy as well. We need to
2: quash this myth that Webb Simpson is a short hitter. I was watching PJ Tour live a couple of weeks ago
1: and he was keeping up with Ricky Fowler, if not outdriving him sometimes. Ricky Fowler's not a long hitter. Webb Simpson's not a long hitter. They're average hitters at, at best.
2: No, come on. He he was carrying his driver like two ninety, it was running out to like three ten every time. That's not a short hitter. Fair enough, yeah. he's not one of the biggest, but
0: Let, let's not go down this uh, rabbit hole of who's hits it longest. <laughs> But yeah, you know, I think you're right, Nick. It would be incredible if Web Simpson does make it the world number one. Uh, he's been very, very consistent. That's what his golf is all about. You know, it isn't built around overpowering courses. It's about hitting fairways and
1: greens and making putts, isn't it? And and he, he does, had to adapt to losing the the anchored putter as well, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And actually, I think he's playing better than he ever was.
0: Even before, even when he won his major, you know, I don't think he was. A, he won his major by just sticking sticking around didn't he at the US Open um whereas actually now he can win on any course I think so um absolutely it'd be amazing I think for him to get to world number one an awful lot of things have to go his way he has to win and so all the other people had to play pretty poorly I think that's right so um yeah we'll wait and see Elliot who who do you fancy this week to do well well yeah I had a look at the odds and they they agree with me I
2: would have Thought Bryson DeChambeau and he's actually tournament favorite according to Oddschecker. Uh, just looking as well, Webb Simpson is down at twenty-eight to one. I think he's like twelfth favorite, which for the world number four or five is a little bit ridiculous. Um, for a bit
0: of value, I reckon Shane Lowry one. Well, I'll be honest with you. I think you've picked the value. That is, that is. I've just looked at that. I did because I couldn't believe it. You're right. You can get him at twenty-eight to one. I think that's ridiculously long. It is, isn't it? Yeah, I Shane think- Lowry is one hundred and ten to
2: one. And he won a year ago. So, you know, golfers sometimes play well at the same time of year. And he's been a bit quiet lately. Uh, another one as well, I think Sergio Garcia. He hasn't won in a while. He was fifth a couple of weeks ago at the RBC Heritage. Okay, year-
0: well, Elliot, don't nick any more. How, how many tips are you going to give here? That was three, wasn't it? <laughs> That'll do. That'll, give, give us some chances. You're about to nick all our ones as well. <laughs> nick, who do, you think, who do you fancy, Nick?
1: I... I'm struggling to be honest with you to see past Patrick Cantley, having done a little bit of research into him. Um, he's only played twice since lockdown was eased, tied for 11th at the Travellers, uh, tied for 7th last week, uh, where he shot a final round 65. His scoring average is 68.3 in his last 12 rounds at Muirfield Village. He was obviously the champion in 2019. And statistically, he's not outside the top 46 in any major statistical category. He is highly proficient in all areas, a very good ball striker and someone with great course form. And he's fresh as well. And I just think he will be in the top five this week without question. Nice. Anyone else you want to say? Uh, no, 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 that's it for me. Sorry, I did. I, I wasted all my oh, research that's time. Nice. No,
0: no, no, that's fine. I w- wasted
1: all my research time on Patrick oh, Cattellay no, and, and overlooked that's everyone okay. else in the field.
0: Well, I'm going to pick two. Obviously, the betting tips can be seen for the whole of this event at the Golf Monthly website, but I'm going to give two. I'm going to firstly go with Victor Hovland, Elliot, who I think you can get a 22-1. to um, You know, I don't think it matters when you're that young and you just play golf every week. I don't think he's going to get tired, so I don't think there's a problem with him playing five weeks in a row already. Obviously, played well on the same course last week. I think, you know... Getting him at over twenties, I think, is a good thing. And the other person who I quite like the look of is Gary Woodland, who had a pretty decent week last week. Um, you get him at forty to one. I just think he's someone you know he, he's gone the opposite of Bryson's Shambo, hasn't he? Shambo's nicked all of Gary Woodland's weight. Woodland looks like half the man from last year. So I think Woodland's got a got a decent opportunity this week as well. What were we saying about Tiger? Well, what is there to say about Tiger, which hasn't been said before? Come on, you're the one who started talking about him earlier. Well,
2: yeah, first PJ Tour started five months, but he did look really good uh, on the telly when he played in that match with the NFL guys. That was in May. So... <laughs> that
0: sentence is the best sentence you've ever said, Elliot. He looked really good on the telly with those NFL guys.
2: <laughs> Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, he, he was playing really well that day, so... Yeah, he's won five times. You can never really write him off. I think we, we kind of wrote him off a little bit last year and then he turned up at the Zozo Championship and won his 82nd PJ Tour title by like five shots.
1: After um, having had quite a long layoff as well between tournaments, I think. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah.
2: Uh, so, yeah, he, I mean, we could be talking about history next week. Woods winning his 83rd PGA Tour title the most of all time. Uh, obviously, it's a little bit unlikely, but you can never really back
1: against him, can you? You can't back again. It's hard to see him hitting the ground running when there are so many other players who have found their groove having played two, three, four tournaments over the past month or so. So I don't expect it to happen, but Tiger Woods will never ever shock me. Yeah.
0: And well <laughs> Yeah, that that was quite poignant there. Uh
1: he, he's about twenty-eight to
0: one. So, you know, if you do fancy him, you get some decent odds as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this week with a slightly stronger field. I know it's a bit weird that we they're at the same place, but um it actually
1: adds to the intrigue. This
0: well, week. it's more of
1: a U.S. Open style test, isn't it? This week with thicker rough, and I think the greens know, are going to be running it.
0: How much has the grass grown
1: in? Well, well the greens <laughs> a decent a, a decent amount, and the greens are running at. I think they were saying thirteen, thirteen and a half on the stint meter, as opposed to eleven and a half, twelve last week. So there will there will be a a material imp, a material difference in terms of green speed. Yeah, that might throw off quite a lot of players that played last week. Actually, mm. I mean, possibly. Possibly, I mean, he
0: might be. He might actually help Victor Hovland, for example, who didn't have the most amazing week putting, for example. Actually, might find his touch. So, um, yeah, we'll wait and see. I mean, I am a bit sceptical about. all oh, the 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 roughs going to be thicker. Like seriously, three days growth. Yeah, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. As has already been mentioned, there is something else that we need to definitely talk about, and that is the Ryder Cup was officially postponed last week. We've been waiting and waiting for a decision and it finally came. Do we think it's the right call?
2: No, without question, yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, I was a a bit gutted, but yeah, it's going to add so much anticipation for for another whole year to wait. And yeah, it wouldn't be fair on Whistling Straits, I don't think, which is such an amazing golf course to not have the Ryder Cup as best as it possibly could be. So yeah, hopefully
1: next year we can see a, a fully packed out Whistling Straits. Yeah, with fingers crossed, I'm still not convinced that's going to happen next year. But uh, I've gone from being quite optimistic to quite pessimistic to quite optimistic. And now I'm pessimistic again, given what's going on in the States. So we shall see. But absolutely unquestionably the right call to push it back. Uh, The Ryder Cups wouldn't be the same without hearing those roars and people wondering what's going on in a different part of the green. And the songs on the first tee and and the players getting really pumped up because of the gallery. So, yeah, good call for me. Uh,
0: And I think I agree strangely I think we're all in agreement which is rare but I think from a safety point of view you know the, the PJ Tour have also said this week that they're not going to have any f- fans at golf courses for the rest of the season which is means till the middle of September obviously the Ryder Cup is supposed to be at the end of September I think we just don't want golf tournaments to be the reason why there might be a spike in COVID-19 cases in an area I think that's that would be horrendous for the sport. Uh, I think the sport is actually getting a lot of things right at the moment. And, you know, I think trying to get fans back as quick as possible was one of the things that they weren't doing right over in America. And I I think it's really good that they've actually now decided they're not going to go for that. They're going to just have it behind closed doors as they have been. And the tournaments have been, have been going fine. But you're right, we need some fans at the Ryder Cup. It's, it's one of the great spectacles in not only the world of golf, but the world of sport. So um, I think it's the right decision to move it back to 2021. Yeah, it also means that
2: the teams will be as good as they can be. Probably a lot of big names might have missed out because of the qualification process would have just been an absolute you know, jumble,
1: really. So, yeah, it gives everyone a full year to qualify, which is quite fair. Yeah, benefits Victor Hovland, doesn't it, Elliot? So you'll be happy about that. You,
0: you know, somewhere else it, it does uh, benefit as well is a dare Manor as well. Isn't that right, Elliot? Yeah. So that'll be hosting the 100th anniversary
2: of the Ryder Cup in, uh, what's the year now? In seven years' time.
0: That's
1: 2027.
0: Like seven. <laughs> <20 plus laughs> seven, let's work it out. Yeah, 2027. So, um, yeah, so because obviously the Ryder Cup had moved from odd numbered years to even number years when uh, 9-11 happened in 2001, because of this it's now going mi- to go back to being uh, odd numbered years and it doesn't mean that Demo will be hosting the 100th anniversary matches which is going to be again a great thing for that amazing new course over in Ireland and again it's something to, to celebrate and I know it's unfortunate the way that it's come around but you know when life offers you up lemons make lemonade hey? <laughs> And uh yeah. And I I'm sure a dare man are over the moon about it being moved actually. I think they've got another year to get ready and um they're gonna have a, have even more more uh, more eyeballs on their event when it comes around to it. Yeah, it's gonna be an amazing week. There's not gonna be
2: enough Guinness in the world for that week. So <laughs> you know, it's gonna be very difficult. To get, it's gonna be very difficult to get a ticket. But hopefully, you know, listeners, if you wanna go, you can get your ticket and hopefully we can be there covering it.
0: Guys, great. We I know we we said we were going to mention that, that obviously on the uh, on the European Tour there is the Uran Bank Open this week as well. And of course, there is of course the Memorial Tournament this this week. Um, so do if you want to have a bet or you find out you know you want to find out more about the world of golf, of course, keep checking out the, the Golf Monthly website, golf monthly.co.uk or the Golf Monthly social media channels at Golf Monthly at Twitter and Instagram and Golf Monthly magazine on Facebook. We've got everything to do with the world of golf. What, Elliot? What's your, what's the thing that you're most looking forward to this week? I just can't wait to see Tiger back. Uh,
2: my my girlfriend knows that Sunday night is golf night, but I've actually told her this week that Tiger's playing, so she can forget about the television in the in the evenings. So, yeah, it's just going to be so great seeing him back. Um, you know, I'm a massive fan of his, and yeah, I just love seeing Tiger play.
0: Absolutely. And Nick, from your point of view, there is a new
1: issue of the magazine out on Thursday. There is, Thomas, and it's a very good one, I think. I mean, I I know I would say that, but I think it's a particularly good issue with a lot of packed content, including there's an exclusive with Dustin Johnson in which he admits that perhaps he should have won more. It's a special report on cheating. Uh, There's a piece that Elliot Heath has written where he spoke to Graham Baxter, who's a renowned golf artist. Uh, We have some instruction with Patrick Cantlay and also some analysis on Bryson's Big Change and what regular golfers can learn and implement off the back of that. So a jam-packed issue, as I said, and that's out on Thursday. Yeah,
0: I think it's great that there. So the magazine, we always try and time it to to whatever's going on in the world of golf, but actually to have DJ in there, who's obviously won recently, but also to have a massive thing about Bryson DeChambeau in there as well. Uh, If you are interested about anything to do those two guys, then do pick up a copy of the latest issue of monthly Dustin Johnson's on the front cover and it's in the shops on Thursday. And on that note, I think we'll leave it there. Thanks ever so much for uh, listening. We'll be back again next week to look back on the Memorial Tournament and to preview the British Masters and the 3M Open as the UK swing on the European tour begins in earnest. Uh, remember to subscribe to the podcast on your usual provider and leave us a review. Check out our social channels and website for all the latest from the world in golf. Elliot and Nick, thank you ever so much for your time today. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, guys. I'll see you on the course on Friday.
1: Oh, yes, we'll look do. forward to it. I'm going to go to the range and start practicing my four irons. I think can <laughs> be key. That's
0: a good idea. And for all the listeners, thanks for tuning in, and we'll speak to you again next week.